0: Welcome to the diving pod. I'm Jocelyn Oakley, diver at Texas A&M. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Again, make sure you hit up our link tree in our Instagram bio. That has the link to sidelinescout.com. Check out their poolside live package at an absolute minimum. It's your video replay system. It's on all major college pool decks. Uh, And just kind of becoming the go-to in video replay. I do also want to mention Diving 101, episode two. If you are new to the sport, that episode two of the Diving Pod, of course, explains the ins and outs, the numbers, the letters, the scoring. We've been told that it's very helpful for parents and uh, understanding, you know, what goes on in our sport and how things are calculated. And then finally here, just one more mention of Cowing Robards, online stores for your team custom garments, custom logos, work with me uh, setting all of that up. So hit me up. uh, You can get a hold of me via the podcast email that we'll mention at the end. But uh, yeah, thankful for our sponsors there. And now we'll get to Jocelyn.
1: All right. So Jocelyn, we're just going to jump right in here. Just kind of take us through your journey, how you got involved into diving and where you are now
2: um well originally i'm from illinois and i grew up as a dancer kind of starting at the age of two going all the way through into middle school and just kind of as i was starting into middle school i was kind of looking to try out some new things just kind of to see what other options i had out there and try something new um There was this water park I always used to go to as a kid that had a diving board and I was just always kind of on that and loved it and my parents couldn't really ever get me off of it so they were like well we'll just stick you in lessons and just kind of see where it goes so I dove for about a year while I lived in Illinois just kind of like playing around with it doing like some small meets just getting a taste for it and then after about a year, my family and I, we moved out to North Carolina, and that's kind of when I started really getting serious with it and going to bigger meets, and that was the first year I went to U.S. Nationals, and kind of from there, wow. just took off.
1: That That's incredible. Now, what club did you dive for? We know there's kind of a, there at the time, there used to be like three or four powerhouse clubs there in uh, North Carolina.
2: Uh, I dove for Carolina Diving Academy.
1: Nice. So- Um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your club coach just like what you Um, liked about him and things like that
2: yeah my club coach was Aaron Hintz and it was really fun working with him while I was there he always like he was really good at like pushing me and working with me like I was there for about seven years of my diving career and he paced me really well and always was kind of every year we would meet with him and he would kind of lay out a plan for the year of like what dives we want to start leading up what we want to learn maybe kind of looking at what we could potentially compete there at, that year at smaller meets and just kind of start getting out there at a younger age he was always big on bringing some younger ones to senior meets so i started going to those when i was in about eighth grade and i just think that was great exposure so He was just really good at working with us and exposing us to things at at younger ages so we can kind of get used to seeing some of the bigger names and then kind of helped us grow. And then when we got to that level, it was easier to compete there. And we weren't all kind of like starstruck by these Olympians our first year at senior meets.
0: That's cool. Um,
2: See, I want to go back to the dance conversation.
0: Um, So what about dance helped you in your diving whether it was a toe point or you know spotting the mirror versus spotting the water what kind of takeaways from dance led into diving
2: um i'd say technique was definitely a big thing uh i honestly think ballet helped a lot with diving like not even necessarily just from like a technique standpoint more of like a strength and like a jumping standpoint um just like with all the jumps, it really taught me how to like finish my jumps and like push through all the way. And I think that's like a huge part. Like when you're going from like going for some bigger dives, you really need to use the board as best as you can. And I think that kind of helped to teach me that aspect.
0: Yeah, for sure. So did you do like competitions? Was it all disciplines, tap, jazz, ballet? Like what was that like?
2: Uh, Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. I went to like conventions competitions it was a really really big part of my life yeah so
0: that's cool so I was I was in dance for six years that's why I'm I'm like always interested because that's where I came from as well and it's fun to kind of just talk dance for a little while yeah (laughs) so so
1: Jocelyn one last question before we go uh, into the recruiting questions is have you, throughout your long career, because you started younger, have you battled like burnout at all?
2: Um. Yeah, I definitely say I'd have. I think the hardest um, time that I went through was probably around COVID. Uh, right before COVID hit, I had just kind of started doing a Pike list more consistently. I was actually at a meet in Texas. Um, when kind of COVID started taking over and we were getting like the emails and everything like, oh, like schools canceled, all that. And that was my first time like competing at a, a pike list and I was in like a really good spot and then not being able to dive. It was kind of just like not being able to dive for that really long. I just kind of staying motivated and like keeping going, I'd say was a really, that was a really hard time. So I just made sure to focus on my like conditioning and everything. And then I'd say another big point of burnout that I really experienced was kind of coming off of trials in 2021, um, just kind of, cause I had only been training three meter for like months and months and months at a time. So I was just doing list after list every single day. So after that, I kind of felt a little bit burnt out after that and needed a little bit of a break and switch up my practices.
1: That's wonderful. It sounds like you have a really good like self-awareness of what you need to do to help get you out of that funk. Like whether that was focusing on conditioning or like you just said, you're like, I switched up my practices and took a little bit of a break. It sounds like you're very like in tune with what you need personally to stay passionate and stay motivated. Does that sound accurate?
2: Yeah, I'd say that's definitely something I've picked up over the years, just kind of from my parents and I come from a family of athletes so watching my siblings navigate that as well has definitely helped me a lot
0: awesome cool so take us through the recruiting process and what schools you looked at and then ultimately what stood out about Texas A&M uh
2: the recruiting process for me was pretty long because it was during COVID and the dead period so I was talking on the phone, doing zoom meetings with coaches for about a year before I could go visit schools. Wow. And I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't commit before visiting because I really wanted to kind of get a feel from school and know that it would kind of be home for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the schools I ended up visiting were, uh, UT Chapel Hill, Kentucky and A and So I only used four of my visits. Mm-hmm. Um, and a and was actually my last visit that I did. Um, all the other schools that I visited, I loved, and I would know I would have been happy there. Um, but a m had kind of been a school that had been on my radar since around 2019 when I came here for an invite. I just really loved the campus and everything. So I'd always been kind of looking at it. And then with it being my last visit, I was like still kind of unsure and not of where I wanted to go and didn't have like that home feeling out of school yet. Um, but as soon as I came here and like saw the culture of the school and the dynamic of the team and just kind of Jay's coaching style and how he interacted with all the team, it just, I knew immediately that it was my home.
1: That So you talked a little bit about Jay, um, you know, describe his coaching style and maybe even compare him to your club coach and like, what are the similarities? What are the differences?
2: Uh, I'd say Jay's coaching style is very laid back like he really just he wants to work with you and like what you think you need to do better like he's very open to like talking about what we want to work on and he will work with you to get you to where you want to go I'd say a big part of it he always keeps practice fun like he's always joking around with us and just keeping things light and I think that's a really good thing, especially at like, when you get really stressed out with school at times and everything, he'll always like check up on you, kind of be like, hey, like how's school going? Like, are you studying? He's always very like understanding with like any of that, if we need to study more or just kind of need any like help and advice of how he can help us get through practice at at those hard times. Um, And then I'd say That's kind of similar to my club coach. My club coach definitely would like to try and keep things light, but I would definitely say Jay is a lot more laid back than my club coach is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fair enough.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. So here we've, we've kind of been asking this question here and there. I can't remember if we asked Alan this, give us your best Jay LaRue story.
2: Oh boy. Um, I think I'm going to have to go the first time I met Jay in person on my recruiting trip. um, He's in a band and he was, I can't remember if he had a gig the weekend before, was going to one like right after. And he like, and I got into his truck on the recruiting trip to like, because he was, I don't remember where he was picking me up from, but he was like, "Oh, uh, my drums are back there, by the way, but you should fit; it's fine." <laughs> and, like, that was like the first interaction I had with him in person, which is really funny. And from that moment on, I was like, "Yep, that's my
1: That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's funny how it's those like side moments of like that moment might not mean anything to anybody else, but for you, that was like a really important moment of like, "Yep, this is him. This, so I want to be yeah. around the next four years." That that's inc- that's incredible. Um. So, okay, it's very obvious when watching you dive, you are an extremely powerful young lady. You're also really beautiful in the air, but you are powerful. And that fits the mold of like those Texas AM and m divers, like powerful. And you're clearly already one of the top women in our country. Talk to us a little bit about how you are excited to represent the U.S. on one meter in Japan in about a month. Uh
2: Yeah, I'm super, super excited. Just qualifying for Japan kind of was really just surreal for me like and it still kind of like kind of is like it started to sink in but I don't think I've like fully processed it yet um kind of just going into this nationals I was just hoping for like a solid prelim just stay consistent land on your head and then going in after prelims I was really happy with it so I was like okay I'm just gonna go into finals relax stay consistent focus on some takeoffs and see what happens um and I was like I remember my thought process in that meet I was like okay like you were like in fourth like you can like make the podium like just stay consistent you're good like and I was like if you make a team that's great um but like if not I was like I wasn't really expecting it coming in so just kind of I think that made it that much more surreal kind of going in but I'm just super excited. This is my first senior international event, and I can't wait to see what's in store.
0: That's pretty, awesome. uh, pretty so. huge. Two divers from Texas. I mean, obviously, you and Haley Hernandez, different schools within Texas, but uh, you know, great for that state with both of you coming out of there. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so, take us through how you structure your list. We've been asked by others to ask this question you know, where do you put your comfortable dives? Where do you put your hit or miss dives? Where do you put your big ones? How do you structure that?
2: Um, I usually kind of put one of my most comfortable dives first. Um, and for me, that's no hurdle. I don't like starting on hurdles. I kind of, I tend to start on inwards because I know they're pretty consistent. I can hit them like, especially with the first round extra nerves kind of settling into that meet um so i like to put kind of that first just to get one dive out there and done and then i also like to end on a dive like that but i usually end on a hurdle because then i'm more comfortable in the meet and i've done a couple and it's not like first hurdle of the meet first round Um, so then i kind of start with the first and last being consistent and then fill in From there, uh, usually since I start on inwards, I'll follow it up with a similar takeoff with the front. And then I'll always put backs and gainers together because of the (laughs) starts, and I just like to have them back to back. Uh, So those will be right after my front. And then I always end on twisters because, I don't know, over the years, twisters have become pretty consistent for me, and I know I can get it vertical off of pretty much any herd like it. And
0: so. what what twister are you doing on one meter, and then what's your three meter one?
2: Um, I do a front one and a half double on one meter, and then on three meter, I do full out.
1: Perfect. So So I do have a couple questions. One, do you prefer six dives or five dives?
2: Um... I'd say right now five dives because last year I didn't have enough time to get a a really difficult 6 dive ready to compete but I'm hoping to get some more out there next year kind of start pushing that boundary a little bit. We've been doing some lead-ups and getting some of the first ones off. So
1: All right, so you actually led me right into my next question you know, we are seeing women's diving change, in my opinion, pretty drastically, like just with the DD that's happening on one meter and then three meters, some of these dives that are coming. So if you're you're willing to share, what are some of those dives you are working on in terms of the lead-ups and that you are aiming to try to have for the next few seasons?
2: Uh, I'd say 305 on one meter is definitely a big one. I've been training that one on and off all year, doing lead-ups every time I'm on one meter. Um, I'd say one of the bigger ones too is double out i've been working a lot on lead-ups for that into our pit i i threw a couple off a three meter before nationals just to see if we could get ready in time but we decided to play it safe and take a step back for this national so hopefully i can get double out out there next year
1: sounds like that is in the works for trials almost is what it sounds like it's it's incredible seeing what you young ladies are doing right now like and then you still have like your veteran of like Sam Pickens still doing big stuff and Krista Palmer doing double outs. So it's yeah. women's diving is in good hands with you young ladies. Um, You know, speaking of just like people that play a role here, like how have your teammates, whether it's your club teammates or your college teammates, played a role in your career?
2: Uh, my teammates have played a really big role in my career I'd say especially kind of this year with the transition to college they all just kind of took me under their wing when I got here and just were like anything you need anything we can help with like don't reach out like we're here for you we got it and then like especially that first like month when everyone's kind of coming back from summer we're getting back into weights <laughs> yeah. and heavy training at that kind we're all kind of sore and tired and kind of stressed out a little bit from school Um, and we're starting to throw all of our optionals to get ready for season and we're just sore and tired and Jay's like no like you got to go through it now like if you do it now tired it's going to be a lot easier later and (laughs) just kind of I'd say my teammates definitely helped me get through that a lot because we always kind of just like to joke throughout practice always kind of challenge each other like we'll compete on dives against each other in practice, just kind of keep that healthy competition going. And we're always cheering for each other. So I'd say just kind of that uplifting atmosphere and like helping each other if we're struggling with a correction or something, kind of how we think about it, just kind of a new point of view, I'd say.
0: That's
1: great. For for sure.
2: So the next
0: one I have here is, you know, we all have somebody who was influential in our diving career to get us started. For you, who would you say is the person or maybe a group of people who inspired you the most to dive and to start it and stick with it?
2: Um, I'd say the person who inspired me most to kind of start and stick with it actually wasn't a diver. It was my sister. <laughs> she was a gymnast and she actually, she went to University of Georgia for gymnastics Dang. So kind of as I was getting into diving she was going through that recruiting process and I kind of got to see it and just kind of following along watching college gymnastics I was kind of like I kind of want to do that that's pretty cool. Um, so just kind of knowing I wanted to kind of pursue college athletics it kind of was around the time we were moving to North Carolina so it's right when I started to take diving seriously so that kind of pushed me to take it seriously more and push myself to the next level. Cause I knew I wanted to get there and just kind of watching her like navigate all those ups and downs in her career. Just helped me learn a lot from her and helped me navigate my own.
0: Are you two pretty tight? Are you tight with your
2: sister? Yeah, we're very close. How many other siblings do you have? Um, I have two older sisters. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. And what was her time? Is she done at Georgia? How was her time there?
2: Uh, yeah, she graduated about two years ago now. Um, yeah, but it was really fun watching her get to compete there.
1: That's cool. awesome. That's incredible. Um, All right, so what areas do you think you've grown the most since you've begun your diving career?
2: Um, I would definitely say the competitive and mental aspect. Kind of as I was starting out, I was always like, in meets going oh you have to be perfect all the time and like if I had a bad meet I would think it was like the end of the world like little 13 year old me thinking one bad dive was gonna like end my whole diving career but just kind of going on I've learned um just kind of taking things one dive at a time like I'd say my biggest mentality shift going into competitions I kind of like to treat each round as a whole new meet so then that way it kind of helps me If I do have a bad dive, just kind of okay, yeah, that happened. I can't change that now. Let's just go on and try to do the best we can for the rest of it.
1: Um, Yeah. Do you think that's something you that was easy once you've realized that it's taken a lot of time and energy? And how do you practice that?
2: Um, it's definitely not easy. I definitely still struggle with it sometimes. Um, I'd say the biggest. The way I found works for me to kind of deal with that is I like to just, I just distract myself when I start to overthink stuff like that. Like if something happens and I do a bad dive and I can't get out of my head, I just put headphones in, listen to music, kind of try to talk to teammates, distract myself. And then while I'm up behind the board, I'm still like singing songs up until the time I go just so I don't overthink. And then it helps me not dwell on all the, if anything has gone wrong.
0: What's your, uh, what's your routine during big meets? Obviously some of those meets that you guys have in the NCAA scene are very long. So like, what do you do
2: between rounds and
0: stay loose, get in the zone? What's that look like for you?
2: Um, Usually I listen to music definitely a lot. Um, I actually did a lot of trial and error with music and superstitions with that because there were certain certain songs, certain artists I'd listened to. And I was like, no, this isn't working. I'm doing bad dives when I'm listening to this person. <laughs> so I can't. But this year with all the different dual meets and everything, I worked out the system. And now I only listen to Taylor Swift during meets.
0: Nice. <laughs> That's the go-to. I love it. It's kind of like yeah. we, we heard from Alan that Jay had a diver who always did good reverses when his right leg was crossed over his left yeah and so every time that, diver yeah. would go, <laughs> that that's what he would do so it's that, it's cool to hear you played with that strategy a little bit to that was out Al- for
1: you that was alan's favorite jay larue story right was the superstitions <laughs> yeah. he had. yeah that's what, okay now i came back yeah oh my gosh that's awesome <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's, he's definitely very, very superstitious. <laughs> All
1: right. All right. So what's your favorite Jay superstition from your perspective?
2: Um, <laughs> I think my number one has to be where he's sitting because I remember <laughs> yeah. just at this nationals that just happened. There was, I think it was the three meter prelim And me and my teammate competing in it both had a rough prelim and like a rough day. And it was the first time he sat on the other side of the pool that he hadn't sat on all week. And immediately, and then we get into the car after that prelim, he's like, never sitting on that side again. And then then we got back for the semi later that night. And there he was back in his same chair he had been in all week on his same side of the pool. And we had a much better meet at that night so I'd say it definitely worked
0: that's oh awesome gosh. that's, that's awesome. way too funny uh so what overall would you say is your favorite diving memory
2: um I, uh, I think my favorite diving memory was from Pan, junior Pan Am games in uh Columbia. that was my first out of the country international junior meet and it was my first time traveling without my club coach Um, and just kind of getting to interact with all the different sports there and be coached by someone new for the first time, just kind of get new perspectives and just the whole team. I think that that whole experience overall was just really great.
0: Who, uh, who was your coach and what events did you do while you were there?
2: Um, my coach while I was there was, uh, John Fox Mm -hmm. and I did one meter and three meter while we were there
1: cool do you you have any uh good john fox stories from that meet you can share (laughs) oh we can put them on blast now
2: (laughs) (laughs) um during my one meter event we were sitting there in between dives and he treats he treats diving kind of like golf yes
0: yeah so like after
2: every dive he'd be going like I'm not very big into golf I don't really know golf terms but like I would like based on my scores he'd be like oh like you're at this and like he would like kind of score it like the different like strokes in golf and he'd be like oh no like you're on track you're on par I just thought that was really funny but it was definitely it actually really helped to look at it like that way. It helped my
1: yeah. mentality a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like it's funny because he taught us that and like, I did it with my athletes this year, game changer. Like
2: yeah.
1: It, 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 it's funny that you did that. He did it with an athlete that he's really never coached before. So that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, we definitely got to give John a shout out. He just got the Auburn job. So congrats to John. Um, all right. So now we'll just hit you with just kind of some random questions here. Favorite food.
2: Um, uh... I'd say seafood and like nice. sushi.
1: Okay, uh, favorite music. You can't say Taylor Swift this time, though.
2: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, I don't even know if I have a favorite music. Like t- at this point, Taylor Swift is like all I listen to. <laughs> it's like Taylor Swift like,
0: or die. Are you it's like just a really... like all
2: Taylor Swift? Are you a really big
0: T Swift fan, or is it just I'm... for diving?
2: no i'm a really really big (laughs) swifty okay
0: i I gotta try to understand this because when we went to west virginia there was a taylor swift concert i think in pittsburgh or somewhere close Yeah. and there were hundreds of people in the airport that traveled to her to go see the concert and then travel back home like if if it's me if i'm being honest like If there's an artist coming to the Twin Cities, I might think about catching it, but I would never travel across the country. Like, there's some real love there.
2: Yeah, I went went to her concert while she was in Houston, but I'm actually, when I get back, I'm trying to... Coordinate it with my uh, sisters to go to LA in August to go. Oh see my
1: god! <laughs> honestly, honestly, it would have been a, it would have been better, and you just should have told a white lie and like, yeah, Aaron, I actually went to that on my off day at Spring Nationals. Like, I went to that I Taylor really Swift concert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really so tempting. <laughs> what what's super crazy is like my fresh my sophomore year roommate in college. His name's Alex, the biggest Taylor Swift fan I've ever met in my life. Like posters of her on the on the walls and I was like you know what whatever dude I don't really care it's 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 no big deal and like he's seen her a dozen times in concert and just loves her and I just I don't know I I've never I've never Felt that love like everybody else seems to have. I think she's she's just fine. You know she's got some good ones, but
1: oh, uh, you're you're gonna get us canceled by just saying Taylor Swift's just okay, Aaron. What she's the heck, right. man? <laughs>
0: she's all right. She's all right. Feel feel free to bring on the hate, Jocelyn. I get
1: it. <laughs> all, all right. Um, favorite like guilty pleasure TV show.
2: Oh, probably Criminal Minds. It's
1: a good mm. one. All yeah. right, favorite movie.
2: Oh boy, that's a hard one. I don't watch movies that often. Uh, I'd say the movie I probably watch most often is Pitch Perfect because it's my yeah. mom's favorite movie. So we're always right. watching that.
1: All right, fair enough. And then last one is give us a fun fact that most people wouldn't know about you.
2: Um, Probably say I really, really love chocolate, but I absolutely hate chocolate ice cream.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't like chocolate ice cream either. So that's okay.
0: (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Very cool. All right. We'll get into our signature questions here. Uh, Jocelyn, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more of an opportunity for growth. So from that perspective, what would you say is your favorite failure or just your best opportunity for growth?
2: Um, I say my favorite failure was probably from zones. My second year, 14, 15 on three meter. Um, Going into that event, I was, my coach and I were both expecting me to qualify like two days before I was top three on one meter and platform. Um, I was throwing some newer, bigger dives at that meet and they just weren't super consistent yet. So I ended up having a pretty bad meet and missed (laughs) making nationals by one place oh that's rough yeah so after that I was just kind of really I was like oh and it was three meter three meters like my favorite event so I was really really upset by it and I was like oh of course like I don't get to go to nationals on this then I was like oh but it's only one event like it's fine it kind of just helped me to taught me how to reshift my focus and then I trained super super hard on one meter and platform that summer and that failure actually led me to my first USA national final. So I'd say that definitely is probably my favorite failure just because of how it taught me to move past bad meets and just kind of look at it and take all the good things that happened, even in the worst meet. I, one of the worst meets I possibly could have had, just take the good things and build on that and take them forward.
0: Excellent. That's, that's perfect. Um, So we always ask whatever diving arena you come from, how can they improve? So from the NCAA perspective, what would you say the NCAA can do to improve? And then furthermore, how can we improve it?
2: Um, I'd say one of the biggest things probably since swim and dive is combined is more of like a streaming broadcasting aspect. Cause I feel like there's a lot of, streaming of swimming especially in like dual meets i'd say there's a lot of swimming and diving doesn't always get shown or it just gets shown in bits and pieces so Mm -hmm. i'd say like if there was a way we could make it more easy uh more easily accessible to broadcast and kind of watch i think it could definitely help expose the sport to some newer younger people
0: that's a great point i totally agree I'm always looking on dive meets to find mm-hmm. the scores from the meets and it'd be just way easier to find the live stream of wherever it might be. You're, you're on it. Um. So my last one here is what is your, why? Like, Why do you dive? Why do you love it so much? Where are you at with that? What's your why?
2: Um, I would definitely say from a competitive aspect. Uh, I come from a very, very competitive family and just kind of, coming from a line of both my siblings were athletes both my parents were athletes just kind of coming from that and just wanting to compete in something and then finding something that's just never boring and fun and it allows me to kind of challenge myself and learn new things
0: so like family night game night cards (laughs) Does that get pretty heated at your house? Very, the- very heated
2: at my house, especially <laughs> cards.
1: <laughs> That's it. Right. Who who is the best at cards in your family? And realize my- whoever whoever you answer, you're gonna have four other people really mad at you if they <laughs> listen to this.
2: <laughs> um, I'd probably say my grandpa.
1: Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh all right. Fa- back kind of to a little bit more diving here what is your favorite drill to do
2: um i'd say pit probably if that counts
1: yeah that counts <laughs> the foam that's a cheat. Co- i think we said it to alan i'm like the phone fo- having a foam pit is a cheat code
2: yeah it really is
1: <laughs> especially if you're just if you're a little bit crazy but you need that like push to get over doing it in the water it's like just the ability to like throw double out leads into a pit has to just be so nice right
2: yeah it's so nice because it's actually I just like to be able to learn it and I'm like okay I can just throw myself off the board and we have like the cloth covered one so you can land any which way and like you're fine you might get stuck but you're not going to get hurt so it's really just yeah so it's really nice to kind of have that cushion where you can kind of trial and error with some new techniques and corrections and not really have to worry about getting hurt and it makes for some pretty fun games if (laughs) sometimes the guys will dare each other to do some pretty stupid stuff in there.
1: (laughs) dude I feel like with Victor and Alan and Rhett that just gets a little interesting is would be a good word to use that's that's awesome um all right best advice given and or received
2: um I think the best advice I've ever received is to only focus on what you can control in the present moment. And I think that definitely helped me a lot as I was trying to fine tune my uh, my mental state while competing.
1: That makes perfect sense. Um, I, yeah, I like that one. I'm just writing it down right now. I try to write them <laughs> down from everybody. So that's good. Who told you that?
2: um I think the first time I heard that one I think my sister told me that for the first time
1: that's cool that's awesome all right yeah who would you like to hear us interview next
2: um I think Jay LaRue would be a pretty good person to interview he's got some cool stories
1: I think uh we might be asking uh you and uh Alan to hopefully help us set that one up because Alan has told us some stories of like he doesn't answer his emails so
2: Oh yeah, no, he doesn't check his emails very often.
1: So you guys might have to help us, but yeah, that would be a fun one. Well, we we said it on the last one. Uh, Did you listen to Alan's podcast by any chance?
2: No, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet.
1: All right. So you get to hear this story for the first time, but our listeners, it will be the second time. Aaron, please tell Jocelyn how you thought Jay LaRue was going to beat you up at winter nationals.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Jocelyn I've been the announcer that the last two USA diving national meets, both winters. And then just this most recent Springs and at winters, (laughs) we were just sticking to the schedule. And, you know, I give it 10 minutes till boards are closed. Five minutes, boards are closed. Two minutes. Okay. Boards are closed. And he, and I believe it was Rhett. Yeah. Rhett, Rhett was diving on one meter and it's like, no, you guys have to leave for a meeting. Like you need to go get off the boards. And I'm like, last one, please. Last one, please. get off the boards, please get off the board. Like I just kept saying it over and over. And Jay is looking at me like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting off. No. And I'm like, no, seriously, like, I don't want to lose my job. I really like what I do. This is super fun. Don't make me be a jerk. And so I don't know if it was Olivia finally got on the mic and said, you're done. And he comes walking over and he's, he's got his like walking in the mall on a mission (laughs) walk going. And he's looking right at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to punch me right in the face. I know it. (laughs) It's going to happen. And he goes, I'm like, Jay, I'm really sorry, man. I'm just trying to do my job. He goes, yeah, it's no worries. (laughs) like it was like no big deal at all i'm like okay well
1: i'm I'm terrified over here it probably doesn't help that every time aaron would say hey you have to get off the boards i kept saying to aaron like he's gonna kill you like i kept (laughs) like just i was hyping aaron up like jay was gonna come at him it was so much fun That was
0: great
1: all right last question well not last i have one other one after this that i just thought of but what question are we not asking that you think we should be from divers and coaches
2: um Okay, this isn't really a diving-related question, more of just a kind of more get-to-know-someone question because I love hearing people's answers to this question. Um, probably say, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh,
1: that's all right. That's, now you you know you have to answer it, right?
2: I really like that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve is actually really kind of strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's messy kitchens.
1: Like, But living room, okay. Dining room, okay. Kitchen, that's the one.
2: Kitchen is the one that really gets me.
0: (laughs) Is it it just like dirty dishes or just in general?
2: Just kind of in general, like dirty dishes and dirty countertops. I just, I don't know something about them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then
1: here is the, I have two questions left. And one of them, I think is good. The other one's silly. What's the worst smack you ever remember having?
2: Oh, boy. Oh, this is a really hard question. I'd say worst smack I can remember was when I was learning full out lead ups on one meter. Those are a bit, that's a big trial and error lead up. (laughs) And I remember when I was first learning them, I just, I landed so incredibly flat on my back. I just, I, I don't think I went underwater on that
1: one. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And then here's the other question I thought of when you were talking about your recruiting process. If you would have committed before taking visits, what school would you have picked?
2: Oh, that's a really hard question.
1: If you don't want to answer that one, that's okay. You don't have to answer that one. It was just <laughs> something I thought of. Cause you were like, I'm not committing until I take visits. I'm like, What school, or maybe not what school would you have committed to, but how about what was the top of your list before visits?
2: Oh. A&M was kind of always towards the top of my list. And that UT, I think going into my last two visits, I think A&M and UT were tied.
1: Nice. And then that drum set, drum set in the back of the truck. That's what got you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that that's awesome. Well, (laughs) honestly, Jocelyn, like for the first time getting to interact with you, this was a blast. Like this is one of the more fun podcasts we've got to do recently. And, um, we're just super excited to see what you do, getting to represent the U S there on one meter. You're going to do awesome. And, um, we're, I'm really excited to see what happens in the next, not only just year, but next three to five years for you. It's going to be very exciting. So keep up all the great work and thank you so much for joining us this evening.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
1: And then, um, yeah. be- before you go before Aaron get does our send off, just a reminder for camps and clinics, coaches send those out. We know summer's kind of midway through. And then one last thing that we have to, uh, just plug here, which we did not expect to get the interaction that we did is this one Oh seven B bracket that we started. Have you seen this Jocelyn?
2: Yeah, I have.
1: <laughs> so we have like, I've been blown away with how many people have actually interacted with this. Like we're getting like five, 600 people viewing this, which is way more engagement than we typically get. So um, for everyone listening, our this was like last, this was just a random thing we did. The next one, our goal is to be able to try to have a women's side of the bracket and a men's side and then have the men versus the women at the very end. So we're going to try to think of a dive that would uh, be fitting for both and fun to do. So keep your eyes peeled on that. And uh, thank you for being engaged with that on Instagram.
0: Yeah. And even if it's not a woman's bracket, men's bracket, we'll just alternate. You know, if it's uh 205 B on three meter, and we're doing a women's only one, I mean, we could easily do that as well. So we're going to keep mixing it up. He, that was all Heath, by the way, that was a great idea that he had. We've got a whole library full of videos that we use. So way to go on the idea and uh, implementing it in a good way that gets a lot of engagement. So way to go, buddy. Um, but hit us up on Instagram. We are at The Diving Pod. Our email is The Diving pod at gmail.com. Um, again, t shirts and hoodies for our online store are available at divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter Dive Pod at checkout for free shipping. Uh, once again, Jocelyn, thank you so much. I was really excited to get to know you over the podcast. I've announced your name a couple of times, but never actually had a conversation. So that was really
2: fun. And thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll see you next time.